0: everyone and welcome to another episode of the Tony Time Podcast. Today I am talking to another past bride of mine and a good friend, Emily, all about the different types of wedding ceremonies, but in particular the humanist ceremony. Now up until Emily's wedding, I've not heard of a humanist ceremony, but I have to say if I was getting married tomorrow, it would definitely be something that I would choose. Even now I remember the ceremony and it was so personal and so unique to Matt and Emily but it really felt as though you were celebrating their love story. So if you're thinking about having a humanist ceremony then stay tuned. Welcome to my podcast. So tell me, today we're going to be talking all about wedding ceremonies and so first off just tell me about your wedding uh, to your lovely husband Mattin, and all about where it was and just about the day in general. So um, we got married
1: uh, just over five years ago um, and we got married in the Cotswolds so we used to live in London um, which is where Mattin's from and I was from um, near Manchester so we thought why don't we just drag everyone to the Cotswolds and you know meet in between exactly so um we just really enjoyed going to the Cotswolds as a couple you know it was the first like mini break that we went away on went to the Cotswolds so and it was just really beautiful um we got married in December of um, 2014 so just before Christmas on the 20th of December um and we didn't really want to have a christmas themed wedding but we were still quite conscious it was quite close to christmas so there was yeah. a christmas tree up
0: um. <laughs> you don't want a christmas wedding but you want to get married on the 20th of december
1: <laughs> yeah well you know i just felt like everyone would be in a good mood it was just before christmas most people had finished work already so they could make a weekend of it in the cotswolds and then yeah. they'd be going straight into the christmas holidays um, so, yeah, that was it. We got married, like I said, five years ago. Um, we got married at the King's Coat Barn um, in Tetbury. And we'd looked at a few different barns around the area. But that one I kind of fell in love with when I went into the room where I'd be getting ready. Um, and there was a huge mirror in the, on the wall. And I thought, OK, I can see myself standing in my wedding dress ready ah. to go down and get married. However, in reality, I didn't actually get ready there. I got ready in another bar about 20 minutes away um, with all my friends and family and um, arrived in by car and went straight in from there. But, you know, it was what's (laughs) ordered to me anyway.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Um, So when it came to planning uh, the ceremony itself, did you look at having a church ceremony? Did you visit any churches or did you sort of know that it was going to be a civil ceremony at the venue?
1: We didn't look at any churches and we kind of ruled out a religious ceremony from early on. Although, you know, when I was growing up, I did go to, as a primary school anyway, I went to a Church of England school and um, kind of like my childhood imagination of my wedding probably was in a church. But as I've grown older, yes, I'm kind of, I'm Church of England, but I don't practice Um and I'm not really sure what I believe in. So for me, it wasn't going to be authentic if I got married in a church. No. And Mattin is also um, not religious at all. So we kind of thought, right, what are our options? So yeah. we ruled out a church wedding. Um, and then we looked into what our options were. So the obvious thing would be a civil ceremony. Yeah. Um, and we looked at that. Um, but in the end, we decided that we were going to go with something a bit different, which was a humanist ceremony.
0: So just going back to not deciding not to have a church ceremony, I know that your dad's quite religious, isn't he? He's Catholic. Your mum's Church of England. So how did your dad sort of take the news that you weren't going to get married in a church? Was that something that he always sort of imagined his daughter to be doing? I don't know
1: whether he imagined me to be getting um, married in a church, but the news of a humanist ceremony didn't go down too well no um so essentially i did what i always do and i just announced it to him just randomly when i was up visiting him (laughs) and i said oh by the way i'm having a humanist ceremony he was like i've never heard of one of these what is that you know i don't really understand Um, and at the time i also mentioned to him that they weren't legal in this country as well so then he was thinking what what is going on here um you know you're going to drag everyone to the cotswolds which means everybody traveling because nobody lives in the Cotswolds for a wedding that isn't even legal. Yeah. Um, so he was quite mad, actually. I think we yeah. didn't speak, actually, for a couple of weeks, which is unlike us. Yeah. Um, you know, he's very, like, kind of level-headed.
0: Um, I but- think a lot of people don't really realize what a humanist ceremony is, which is what we're going to talk about today. So but before we go on to it, what put you off having a civil ceremony?
1: So, um, we did consider a civil ceremony and I've been to loads of civil ceremonies, which have been absolutely lovely. Um, but we, when we looked into it, we just found the option of um, having a humorous ceremony and we just found it was a little bit more personal. Um, so civil ceremonies, typically when I've been to them, have been quite short, um, And I really wanted to make the ceremony kind of a key focal part of the day.
0: So how did Big Jim come round to the idea of a humanist ceremony? How did you sell it to him? So um, (laughs) he came to visit. So we were living in um, London at the time and he came down to
1: visit with my mum for the weekend. And I remember that I cooked um, Joe Wick's chicken pie. (laughs) <laughs> and we were sat in our living room, um, where our dining room table was at the time, around the table. And I started to go into a bit more detail about what humanist ceremony was, and specifically the celebrant that we'd chosen as well. Um, and I think, I think I'd read some mm. sort of reviews or something to him, yeah, as well. And he started to warm up to the idea and was was okay with it from then on. And mm. um, we also kind of just had to reiterate to him that we were going to have to do a civil ceremony to make it legal Mm. but the civil ceremony would be very very small and you know to us would literally just be a signing of a piece of paper and you know the legalities of things yeah and our wedding day would always be saturday the 20th of december 2014
0: so how did you find the perfect humanist celebrant for you because i know you had Zena birch how did you find Zena?
1: I just did a bit of research. I think at the time, um, you know, typically typical wedding research. Did a bit of research online, um, and I came across Cena, and I just, you know, even just I think from her website, I just really liked what I saw, um, and then we got back in touch. We got in touch with her and started the initial process, and it automatically, it was kind of just really um, positive vibes coming. Yeah. from Xena, so um, that's how we ended up going with her.
0: You just felt, you just knew straight away that she was the person for you guys.
1: Yeah, we didn't even meet anybody else. Did you not? No, just we just didn't. I don't, I'm don't. i not even sure I actually reached out to anyone else.
0: So what was the process with Xena? So a humanist ceremony is more, I would describe it, a story about the couple rather than just like a, a couple of readings and a couple of bits and bats it's a much more personal ceremony where people can really get to know the story about the couple and to do that the the celebrant would meet you on a couple of occasions get to know what's important for you and how you guys met I guess what marriage means to you so how was that process with Zina? So
1: I can't speak for any other humanist celebrants and whether they do it in the way that you just described or not um But that's kind of how things went with us. I think we first got in touch with Zina about a year before we got married, or maybe slightly longer, but we met for the first time, I think, a year before we got married. I might be wrong, but I think it was about a year. Um, And we met a number of times throughout that year. And we just really got to know each other. And it gave Zina an opportunity to get to know me and Matton together um, and us as a couple you know the, the the kind of things like what's important to you and what do you want out of your ceremony I think one of the things that she asked us to do was um to describe what love meant to us and then I remember definitely we had to each individually write an account of our relationship from when we met until then yeah which we which is quite interesting because you do it individually so you don't actually get to see what the other person said until you're on the wedding day or in this case actually we got the a draft of the ceremony a few days before and we could see that so it's just interesting to see what the other person pulls out and it gave an opportunity for Xena basically to be able to tell a story within our ceremony or tell our story yeah which was just really nice for people who who didn't necessarily know so most people probably wouldn't know the ins and outs of our relationship like that yeah. but particularly if you think like people like my parents friends and things like that they wouldn't know that you know we met at Alton Towers at a sales conference <laughs> 10 11 years ago and got caught snogging in the corridor by the sales director you know but everybody knew about that after the wedding
0: yeah yeah and I guess it's it's nice for like you say like members of the other side of the family to get to know you and Mattin individually and, and hear like your story I know that it makes it so much more personal and I know that our some of our friends that were were at the wedding were just bawling their eyes out weren't they
1: oh I mean the reaction to the ceremony makes me feel a bit emotional now to be honest people just kept coming up to us after the ceremony saying oh wow that was just such an incredible ceremony yeah I remember one of my friends now husbands they're both catholic and they had a, a really lovely church ceremony. Yeah. But he came up to me after the wedding and said, after the ceremony and said, honestly, hands down, that is the most beautiful and brilliant ceremony I've ever been to. Yeah. One of our best friends, she was crying our eyes out. I and know. She's the least emotional person ever. <laughs> and um, she was just like, oh, you really got me there. You know, it's just it's just something that I look back on. And I look back on the day and I and I we had a, just such a brilliant day and I would never change anything apart of about the day. But I look back and I think I'm so pleased that we decided to go with a humanist celebrant and a humanist ceremony. Yeah. Because it really added to the day. And, you know, quite a lot of the time I go to people's weddings and, you know, the thing that you remember about it is the dancing party. and yeah. yeah, basically the party <laughs> and all the booze, etc. And I think people will definitely remember that about our day because it certainly did get rowdy. Yeah um, but people also remember the ceremony and they you know go away knowing a bit more about Matt and I
0: and it's it's nice for people to remember the ceremony itself because like you say most people do remember the party but a wedding ultimately is about the people and it's about getting married so it's nice that they do remember the actual ceremony itself
1: yeah i agree and they were able to come away from the wedding knowing both of us and our story together a little bit better we did obviously have to do the legal ceremony because humanist ceremonies aren't legal in the UK yeah so we did have to do the civil ceremony a couple of days before as well
0: so did that mean that you felt differently walking down the aisle knowing that you were already legally married or and did you tell your guests as well did you tell them that you were already legally married or did you kind of keep that a bit on the lowdown
1: I don't think we did tell anyone like purposefully but not we didn't not tell people either yeah, yeah. Um, because so we did the civil ceremony three days before the wedding mm. and it was literally in the registry office with Martin's mum and my sister in Laura and my nephew just because they were people that were around at the time and yeah. we made sure that it was just very small number of people because it was just a signing of a piece of paper so for me the wedding day was the, always going to be the 20th of December. That was a day that I was dressed up in the dress and, yeah, you know, that you have that anticipation as you're walking down the aisle. Yeah. So we didn't tell anyone, but all, at the same time, we didn't not tell anyone. Yeah. And then also there was a part within the ceremony, which was um, the signing of, I think it's a
0: humanist register. Yeah. So
1: it's kind of very similar to in the civil ceremony where you get your witnesses to come and sign as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice. So obviously you've said already that you that you consciously do celebrate the humanist ceremony and your wedding day. Do you celebrate the other day as well? or
1: No, the other day actually was the day that our niece was born. Oh. So obviously um, she didn't attend our wedding. <laughs> she was due to be born on either the day of our wedding or the day after, but she arrived on the 17th instead. Oh, how lovely. Um, so that's her birthday um but no we we never celebrate that we always just celebrate Isla's birthday
0: yeah so we've not mentioned yet but Matin's uh half Iranian isn't he which I think was probably yes. another reason why you went down the humanist route did you incorporate a Persian ceremony as part of the wedding as well to keep within sort of family traditions on Matin's side
1: yeah so um you know, there was no pressure from Mattin's family to do anything to do with yeah. the Persian ceremony, but um, his two brothers had um, both got married prior to us and they both incorporated a bit of the Persian ceremony. For me, it was just a really important thing to do because being half Iranian is a, a part of Mattin's life and it's important yeah. to him. And Matin's mum grew up in Iran until she was, I don't know, 18, 19. So, and a lot of his family are still there. So, yeah, we did incorporate that. So I think it was during the meal at some point I think before the speeches or maybe as part of that I can't remember the exact order of it but we incorporated a couple of parts of that.
0: I don't know very much about Persian ceremony as I'm sure most people want so can you tell us a little bit more about the two parts that you did incorporate into your wedding day?
1: Yeah so two different parts the first one was an um, on the top table where we were sat, there, we had a display of objects. So, um, Matin's auntie had actually come over from Iran as well and she helped Matin's mum with this um, ceremony. It was a display of things like um, mirrors and candlesticks. Um, so, there was a mirror placed in front of Matin and I so that we could look at each other and see each other in the reflection. And it symbolises eternity in life, So, which I just thought was like just a really a lovely thing to incorporate. And then there was things like flatbread, decorated eggs, um, herbs and spices, and fruit. So these are things that, I mean, I can't remember everything, but some of the things that they symbolize were things like fertility and a prosperous future. Yeah. So again, lovely things to incorporate into your wedding that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And then the thing that, I mean, most people probably remember was we had, um, during this part of the the Persian ceremony, we had a canopy kind of draped above us. And it is, I think it's a linen um, canopy. And what you do is you invite the three most newly married ladies in the audience to come and hold this linen canopy over your heads. And they have sugar cubes and um, they rub it together. And basically this symbol over you, so kind of like crumbles over the top of the linen um, canopy. And it symbolizes sweetness and good luck.
0: I wish we were videoing this now because I love all your actions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do lots of things. I very much gesticulate with my hands, as you know.
0: Yeah, I think it's really nice to have, as well as the humanist ceremony, what you've basically done with, with your wedding as what most people do, but more so on the ceremony side of things, is make it really personal and really unique to you guys. And I think that's what everyone from the day remembers the most, that you took all these like values and family traditions and stories and made it a ceremony to remember really. And that was what we wanted to do. We really wanted
1: like, I guess what we wanted out of our wedding um, was for people to go away feeling part of something and feeling Mm. kind of just a little bit part of our kind of wedding and marriage, but also to have had a really good time that was very important to us, which, um, definitely came a bit later I think well actually pretty much after the Persian ceremony and the yeah. speeches yeah we went into the the sing-along
0: yeah the sing-along of five gold rings <laughs> is yeah it even called five gold rings I don't know what that song's called no it's the 12 days of Christmas 12 days of Christmas that's it definitely one yeah. of the bits that I remember the most alongside the ceremony that is
1: and that comes that comes back to another story as well so Matt and dad and my dad were together and they kind of hatched this plan that they wanted each table to sing a different verse of 12 gold rings because it was a family tradition of mine to at christmas go out in between christmas and new year get everybody in a minibus on the way home because everyone had had far too much to drink and sing the 12 days of christmas really so the the two dads hatched this plan you know printed it out for each table and said you're going to be singing this laminated the printouts. (laughs) very professional and then, um, you know, gave everybody at every table a verse to sing. And I remember taking a second and looking at everybody singing at the top of their lungs. Yeah. And just thinking this is mad, but also brilliant. And something yeah. that I think people would definitely remember. Well, in fact, one of the waiters at the wedding, he was only a teenager. He came up to me and said, I've never seen anything like it at a wedding. That was incredible.
0: <laughs> it's so nice,
1: that, isn't it? Yeah. Just to have something different.
0: Yeah. What would you would you recommend a humanist ceremony now? Because I know that some of our friends since that have got married have definitely like taken on the idea of having a humanist ceremony, just because it is more personal and unique. And, and one thing we've not spoken about, I know Zena wrote your love story and asked you to write your side of how you guys met um, and your journey into marriage, but you also wrote your individual vows to each other as well, without actually seeing each other or communicating about that
1: first question would I recommend a humanist wedding 100% yeah um like I just look back on our wedding day and just feel really happy that we did it the way that we did I'm really lucky to have had the ceremony that we did I'm really lucky to have um, met Xena as well because I think humanist ceremonies I imagine that well I think that they're all the same as what we had but I don't know if they are no, um, I think Zena brought some of the magic to us. Our yeah. um, ceremony, and it wasn't just about having a humanist ceremony; it was about the celebrant as well.
0: Yeah, um,
1: so I definitely, one hundred percent, recommend it, and also massively recommend Zena. So, yeah, we, and the other part that you were talking about was the vows. Yes, we wrote our own vows. And Zina helped us write those as well. But they were a complete surprise to us. So the ceremony, I think I mentioned before, we got that um, given to us, a copy of that a couple of days prior to the wedding. So we were on our last date as um, fiancés, um, watching Carols by Candlelight. And I remember exactly where we were. And I opened it, the email on my phone
0: the draft of the ceremony
1: the draft of the ceremony I started to read it and i'm not joking i literally bored my eyes out i mean i'd spend a whole day trying to get ready for the wedding like you know just doing lots of last minute preparation bits and stuff yeah and we booked these tickets to go to the royal albert hall and we're like we should definitely go but i was completely (laughs) exhausted got there and then I, I was having a glass of champagne and I opened this um, ceremony. I was like, oh, my God, it was just far too much. I just grabbed my eyes out because like, it was so amazing. So that's when we first got to see each other's kind of story um, written up into the ceremony. But then um, on the day was the first time that we got to hear each other's vows.
0: How did it make you feel on the did, day hearing the vows? Well, did you feel I'm, – I'm guessing you felt quite emotional writing your vows. But, yeah, how did it actually feel just being stood there and – Listening to Martin's vows for the first time. Oh my god, you just reminded me. So <laughs>
1: I wrote my vows when I was up at my mum and dad's house at the yeah. beginning of December that year. And I was I was getting a bit of a bridezilla at this point. I was a bit stressed. There was a lot going on. And for some reason I had a big argument with my
0: dad. It sounds like you keep arguing with your dad, but I know that that's not the case in real life. No.
1: No but I remember I told him he was like ignorant or something and he said that I was selfish or whatever and I um, stormed upstairs to my old bedroom. I (laughs) wasn't there this week and it was literally just me and it was a Saturday night I think and I cried my eyes out and then I wrote my vows so there was a lot of emotion in those Uh, vows.
0: I just remembered that I remember you doing that. I remember you telling us about it.
1: I think I told you the next day because I think you came round the next day and yeah. we had breakfast and we talked about the wedding in terms of the photography and stuff. Yeah. And that day I showed you my mum and dad's um, wedding album.
0: Yes, you did.
1: Oh, is a long time ago now. Yeah, it is a long time um, ago. So yeah, the, for me, like the vows had a lot of emotion in them. Um, mm. My vows did. And then um, on the day, yeah, I think... I didn't cry during my ceremony or the wedding at all. I think I was just running on a bit of adrenaline. Yeah. And it was lovely to hear them. But I think later on, I kind of digested them a bit more. Yeah. And then for our first wedding anniversary, Martin actually got them printed um, well, made into a print. And then yeah. they're on the wall in our kitchen.
0: Oh, how lovely. It's nice that you can see them like every day and remind yourselves. It'll probably take you back to the wedding, won't it, as well, really? yeah to be honest I should look at them more because it says stuff about like me not me
1: promising not to be grumpy and things like that I'm not sure I (laughs) I um abide to that rule every single day
0: well I think it's quite funny about doing these podcasts with like just the bride and, and not the groom as well like I asked um I asked Katie loads of questions and then Ben listened to the podcast after and it was like that's a lot of tripe. Tony, Tony. Mattin will do
1: exactly the same.
0: <laughs> do you feel like you're living by your vows? Obviously, it helps having them uh, in the kitchen. Would Mattin say that he's living by his as well, do you think?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I'd love to say that I was, you know, religiously living by my vows. However, there are definitely parts in there that I don't abide to. And you know what? If I'm honest, Mattin has been pretty good at living to his um vows because he puts up with me every day and that can be quite hard work
0: you're making yourself sound like a like a like a madhead but well I mean I, I'm not sure
1: I'd class myself as a madhead <laughs> however
0: you <are> a madhead.
1: <laughs> however I would say that I am quite hard work to live with really? um, and you know we we've had um an interesting kind of I don't know year I suppose so our little boy is coming up to being one and we've just moved house we have finally moved back up north after living well I've lived in London for 13 years and Mattin ha- grew up in London so we've um he's managed to get a job up north and we've moved up north recently so we have had a busy time of it but I think it could probably be a good reminder to both of us to have a look at our vows and yeah.
0: uh, live by them a little bit more yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm still laughing at me calling you a madhead. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> madhead. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Emily. And it's so nice to hear about your personalized wedding day. And I'm sure people will find it interesting if they are looking at having a humanist ceremony. And I mean, at the time, I hadn't been to a humanist ceremony before. And it was something new and unique to me. But I know now that I would definitely go down that route just because of how personal it feels and just just how like warming it is. And it involve, almost involves everyone within the ceremony because it's not something that's religious that maybe doesn't relate to everyone because it's a personal and unique love story about the two of you. And obviously everyone's there for your wedding. I think like you said before, it kind of brings everyone and involves and invites everyone to be in. The ceremony itself so yeah thank you so much it's been lovely to talk to you and it's been lovely to reminisce about your wedding as well it's giving me goosebumps every now and again when we're talking about something
1: oh no thank you it's been nice for me to think about it again because yeah five almost five and a half years um, has flown by and a lot has happened in the, those five and a half years and I think you you do kind of just obviously you live your life every day and you don't necessarily think about those vows that you made on your wedding day, or the things that you did on your wedding day, and what they meant, etc. But it was such a fun day um, and such a memorable day that it's nice to look back and
0: reminisce. Are you going to head downstairs now and go and have a look at your kitchen wall and remember uh, what you said? I, th- I think I should. <laughs> I really do think I should. <laughs>
1: and, and I'll remind Matthew to do the same.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll let you know how we get on. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Well, I hope you have a lovely rest of the day and uh, enjoy living by your vows. Thank you so much. And thank you to you guys as well for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate, review and subscribe to help this podcast grow.